It's Thursday, January 19th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we're two days away from Guards Fest, the, uh, the return of the in-person fan festival for Cleveland baseball. Uh, we haven't gotten face-to-face with a lot of these fans and, and had that experience uh, since before the pandemic. This is looking like it's going to be uh, just a, a really great all-around event. Uh, I really hope that the crowd comes out and the the fans all come out on Saturday uh, because the 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 Guardians want to get up close and they the the players want to talk to these fans and and interact with them after the season they had and with with everything they're looking forward to in 2023. I think this is a perfect opportunity to uh, to sort of uh, you know get get the get the flames going, get the uh, the hot stove cooking, and and get ready for. Uh, as they they head towards spring training and, and get themselves in that right mindset. Yeah, this is a perfect uh, jump start to spring training, Joe, and the rest of the regular season. Uh, fans can come down there, mingle with the players, get autographs, you know, take get their picture taken. They can, you know, listen to uh, interviews uh, on on the uh, big stage. It, it, it's going to be a fun day. It always is. And, you know, it's like you said, it's the start of the season. You know, it's been kind of a long, cold uh, winter here. Not too much snow, but, you know, I don't know if we've seen the sun for a long time. But this is uh, this is the start of uh, the start of the 2023 season. And I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think every year uh, we get uh, around the time of the uh, the Greater Clinton Sports Awards that uh, that really kicks things off. It, it sort of puts a, a bow and, and wraps up the previous year for me. Uh, that's coming up next week, and uh, you know I'm sure that there will be guardians that are uh, up for awards. I think Jose Ramirez up for uh, professional athlete of the year, and I'm sure uh, that that walk off, uh, actually both of Oscar Gonzalez's walk off moments uh, will be up for uh, the Greater Cleveland Sports Moment of the Year. Uh, but before that, we get to Guards Fest Friday. Uh, Friday and Saturday are shaping up to be pretty big days, uh, at least for us. Uh, we've got. Uh, we'll be able to get into the locker room and actually talk to some of these players who will be in town on Friday. Uh, we haven't seen them since uh, since mid October, so that will be that will be really good uh, to get face to face with some of these guys, see where they where they've been, what they've been up to, and and really sort of get get cooking on some of these uh, these stories that we need to work on ahead of spring training. Uh, and then I believe the team's going to go to the Cavs versus Warriors game on Friday night. Uh, and then bright and early on Saturday morning, they'll be over at the convention center, uh, shaking hands and kissing babies, just like the uh, the politicians. <laughs> Definitely, it's going to be a full schedule for those guys—a uh, whirlwind, and uh, you know, get them ready for uh, you know for the for the regular season, and uh, you know, getting on buses and uh, getting on planes and uh, headed to different cities. So it it, it you know the uh, kind of the rat race starts right now, and uh, it should be fun. What uh, what do you look forward to most at uh, at the fan festival when it's when it's in person when it's going good I I, I particularly love the, um, the the venue over at the convention center very spaced out and a lot of room to roam around and, and interact with the displays and the exhibits uh, this year I think uh, Andres Jimenez is going to be doing some art he's going to be designing cleats and and there's an opportunity for fans to design a uh, you know, put their designs on cleats and, and uh, with a with a local artist and uh, interact that way. Uh, that should be fun. There's there's like the 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 puppy uh, petting area where that you can always get a good photo opportunity with the players and the dogs. 
I know you're uh, you're probably pretty partial to that one, huh, Lindsay? Yeah, I'd like to see that definitely. Uh, <laughs> as long as they, as long as nobody takes a bite out of me, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, that's uh, it, we don't need any t- we don't need any rabies shots. Uh, Hoinsey doesn't need any uh, rabies shots uh, at at this point in the off season. Uh, so the the roster we talked about uh, of guys who were going to be there, we talked about who's not going to be there uh, for obvious reasons. Jose Ramirez won't be there, uh, and Shane Bieber won't be there. Bieber's actually getting married that uh, that night, so uh, I think he's got a pretty good excuse. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, so you know he's. Uh... He's getting married. Uh, you know, I, I would think so. maybe a couple of the couple of his teammates are, are, you know, will be at that wedding. And, uh, you know, congratulations to him and his his bride. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a big step for Bieber. And, uh, you know, wishing wishing them all the best for sure. Yeah, his his uh, his fiance's name is Kara. And uh, they've uh, if you're familiar with their Instagram, they're a very photogenic couple. Let's put it that way. Uh, so it should be uh, a, a good time for them. Uh, I, I believe Aaron Savali and Zach Plesac are are not going to be at the the festival either. I, I don't know if it means that they're going to be at the wedding themselves uh, as well, attending, or uh, if they've got other plans and were excused for other reasons. But uh, it, you know, it's just the what, what we should do is get a, a gigantic. Uh, uh, you know, wedding card uh, that the fans can sign and, and send along to the uh, to the Beavers uh, for their before their honeymoon. That uh, well, who knows when that's going to take place, but uh, maybe that's an idea that the uh, the Guardians can can hook up and get the fans uh, uh, able to do. Uh, so you know, the fan festival takes place, and then from there we've got this period of a couple of weeks before uh, pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report right around Valentine's Day. Uh, really, what what goes on? What's the, the the business of the team between, you know, that uh, the fan festival, and when they report to spring training? Yeah, well, they got to you know the, the uh, tradition of the trucks, the equipment trucks have got to be uh, you know they got to pick a day where the uh, the equipment trucks head out to Goodyear, get packed, and head out to Goodyear. We we get to talk to Tony Amato, you know, which is always a thrill. <laughs> Tony always loves that day, I'm sure, and uh, you know so th- that comes into it. I'm sure you you know they're they're still kind of you know tweaking the roster if if it po- if at all possible. You know, with uh, some spring training and invitations, uh, they're probably going over. You know, who who among the uh, minor league guys would be uh, brought up uh, to play some of the to appear in some of the uh, you know the Cactus League games. Uh, you know, just all you know, a lot of uh, a lot of busy work. You know, a lot of you know getting the staff there on time. We really haven't enjoyed the the thing. They they really haven't announced the uh, the minor league uh, staffs yet. The coaching, you know the. Uh, coaching staffs and uh, that's usually around right around now as well so you know maybe they're still trying to fill some vacancies yeah that's uh another uh sort of bit of news that we're waiting to hear from and also there's there's one vacancy still on the the major league coaching staff Uh, we talked to chris antonetti last week uh, and he said that they've been uh, conducting interviews and uh on zoom and and just sort of uh, trying to get that piece of business taken care of uh, the replacement for uh, Kyle Hudson, who left to become the first base coach over uh, in Boston under Alex Cora. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll you know have some news on that uh, coming up. Uh, I definitely want to dig in with with Miles Straw and talk to him about 
you know, what it, what it means to lose a guy like Kyle Hudson, who who coached two gold glovers in the same outfield uh, last year in Quan and uh, Straw. And, and also there's, you know, quite a few changes uh, it, around the division now with uh, Carlos Correa coming back in Minnesota and with uh, Detroit uh, announcing that they've moved the fences in. Uh, I want to see how uh, the gold glove center fielder reacts to uh, to that news that there will be less roaming room out in the uh, the center field pasture at uh, Comerica Park. Yeah, that's a huge, still a huge outfield, but, it, you know, at least, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, a, a straw won't be, uh, ha- have to have oxygen after every game he plays out there. Because if you don't have a center fielder that can run when you're playing the Tigers or you're the Tigers and, and don't have a center fielder that can run and cover a lot of ground, you're in trouble with that outfield. But they're moving it in. Uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, the Tigers finished last in, in uh, all of baseball in in home runs. Uh, Cleveland finished second last. So, you know, that we, we might see a little more power from those two teams when they meet at Comerica Park. What uh, when they they do that and Miguel Cabrera comes out and says they, you know, I think he tweeted something like uh, they should have done this 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, it, you think about the way Miguel Cabrera hits the ball and where he hits the ball. Boy, if they had made that change to the outfield 15 years ago, we'd be talking about 600 home runs for uh, Cabrera. Yeah, and he doesn't get many cheapies though. But it, you're right, Joe. He he, uh, you know, he has that that right-handed swing, and uh, he, you know, he pulled into the into the alley there in the right in the left center field alley. And yeah, he would he would have a few more for sure. You know, I remember when Juan Gonzalez wouldn't wouldn't resign with the Tigers you know, the original ballpark because it was too big and that forced them to move uh, the left field fence in. And now they're moving, you know, the the center field fence and, and the right center field fence in and, and lowering it as well. Yeah, a lot of changes. Uh, and I, I can understand wa- wanting to attract ball players by uh, by making the, dimen- the dimensions uh, hitter friendly. But, uh, you know, you also at that time you had Max Scherzer and uh, 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 Justin Verlander on your in your rotation, so uh, you know the the pitchers can benefit from it as well. Yeah, that was a, that's always been a great pitchers park, uh, you know, especially you know to straightaway center. What what was four hundred twenty feet, and mm-hmm. uh, you know to the to the gaps in in right center as well, and and left center. You really, I, I think. Uh, uh, just you know, reading up on the um, the uh, the moves, the you know the the decision to move the stadium in. I mean, the the uh, walls in. They had more four hundred and four more drives of over four hundred feet in the end and outs uh, uh, since two thousand fifteen, according to Statcast, than any other ballpark. So they want they're looking to, to the Tigers need uh, need a offensive boost, and they're looking. And, you know, they're trying to, you know, manipulate the ballpark to do it. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Let's uh, let's talk prospects here. Uh, we uh, we have some prospect news. Uh, Baseball America uh, came out with their uh, new top 100 prospects list. And uh, the Guardians are, are one of the most heavily represented uh, clubs on that list. I think the Orioles have eight prospects within that top 100 and the Guardians uh, are, are are close behind with seven uh, prospects in that top 100, according to Baseball America. Uh, headlined by uh, Daniel Espino, the uh, the number four overall pitching prospect, uh, and he's followed closely. He's at number 19 overall, um, 
but number four among pitchers, and he's followed uh, very closely by Gavin Williams. Uh, so the top two right-handed prospects in the Guardians system are in the top 20 overall, according to Baseball America. Uh, that bodes very well for uh, for the club uh, moving forward into the next couple of seasons. Yeah, Joe, Espino and, and Williams, both, you know, hard-throwing right-handers. Uh, you know, Espino, unfortunately, only didn't throw much last year because of a knee and I, I think a shoulder injury. So they're being very, very careful with him. But Gavin Williams had a had a big year, you know, going from A to double A, made 25 starts, uh, you know, just dominated 1.96 ERA, you know, 179 uh, strikeouts, uh, just, uh, you know, really, he, he's an impressive guy and, it, and it's velocity 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 so you know i think uh he's got a chance to to pitch you know at triple a this year and and both those guys we might see both those guys you know who knows toward the tail end of a 2023 in in the big leagues yeah i think it's a pretty good chance that one or both of them gets a at least a look or a start uh somewhere uh in in 23 uh the, the thing with espino is he just he just hasn't pitched enough really at the upper levels of the minors yet uh, because of the injuries that he's he's dealt with, and because they they want to take take it easy with him and be overly cautious, because when you've got a guy that throws 98 miles an hour consistently, uh, you, you want to make sure you take care of him and and don't have uh, you know big complications down the road. Uh, so they they've been very cautious with Espino. Do you think they they sort of try to cut him loose a little bit this year? Well, I think I think Joe, you hit the uh, hit the nail on the head there when you said ca- you know cautious. You know we saw them do this with uh, Tristan McKenzie. You know uh, they kind of slow played him in the minors just because they knew how good he could he could be. You know Espino's a kid they drafted out of high school. You know there's really no I don't think there's a big rush to get him to the big leagues. So I think they're going to be you know like you said they're going to be very careful with this guy. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think he'd probably start the year one in double A, I would think, you know, that's where, that's where he was pitching last season when he got hurt and, uh, you know, just kind of move him up, you know, gradually as, but he's, you know, he's a physical specimen. He's, he's a, you know, he's not real tall, but he's, you know, he's built. And uh, I mean, he's, he's a strong looking kid and uh, I think they'll just take their time with him. Yeah. Uh, the other names, uh, in that top 100 on this list, obviously you talked about Gavin Williams. Uh, Bo Naylor, we've we've seen him uh, just briefly up at the the major league level. I think we've we've talked at length about how we kind of all believe that he's going to definitely start the year out at AAA unless there's an injury of some sort, and and maybe they bring him along slowly, if at all this season. Uh, you know, he he still needs to get innings in uh, at the AAA level. Uh, Valera, we've we've spoken about at length about him maybe being the future in that outfield at, at some point uh, in, in, in one of the corner positions. Uh, you know, Rokio, we, we've talked about as as a guy who is just, just sort of leading that stockpile of middle infield talent that they have uh, in the minors right now. And and uh, I don't, we haven't really talked about Logan Allen or, or Tanner Bibby as much. Obviously, this is the uh, the the Logan Allen that they they drafted after they already had a Logan Allen, um, and this is the this is the one that they sort of hung on to. Uh, he's uh, he's been impressive, really, as as he's climbed through the minors as well. He was, you know, almost right away after they drafted him, he was a guy who was was turning heads in the in in his uh, in his short season and and really 
you know, sort of making people take notice of him. Yeah, he spent the whole season at Triple at A Columbus last season. Uh, had a you know a solid year, uh, and I think uh, you know he's you know left-handed, left obviously a left lefty. Uh, you know, I think he's you know one phone call away, Joe. He's he's probably a guy that that could help them this year. You know, and uh, you know just uh, like a like he's a two-way guy too. I think he played some first base in college, but he's strictly a pitcher now. He's not going to do the Otani thing or anything like that. But but uh, you know, an impressive guy and a guy to uh, keep an eye on. There you go. They put the headline out there now. Hoinsey says Logan <laughs> Allen's the next Otani. Oh, boy. They won't kill you for that one at all. Uh, and then Tanner Bibby, uh, a, a guy who uh, – another name that just sort of popped up along the, along the same – I think he was the same draft as Gavin Williams and, uh, you know, just started making noise in the lower minors uh, the last couple of seasons. And, and I guess the scouts really like this kid. Yeah, he's you know he came in the draft where they they selected eighteen out of twenty one pitcher eighteen out of they had twenty one draft picks a couple of years ago and eight they used eighteen of those picks to draft pitchers and 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 uh, you know uh, uh, BB was one of them he uh, added uh, like five to six miles an hour on his of uh, on his fastball this past season you know ten, uh, you know just kind of had a breakout season and you know that's why he made the baseball america's top 100 and uh, just uh, you know he's, he's a guy to watch for sure what does that mean you know that the the other organizations and you know baseball america as well but like the other clubs sort of take notice that uh, the Guardians are, are pretty much stacked in talent uh, it, it, at the minor league in, in the in the farm system. Uh, does that make clubs want to, you know, maybe pick up the phone and, and explore trade options with them? Or, uh, I mean, or do they just wait until the Guardians develop these kids on their own uh, and, and bring them up and get a taste? And then they then they try to make the call for the, uh, uh, the trades. Uh, it, it, it almost feels like, Cleveland serves as the the farm system sometimes for a lot of these big market teams uh, in in developing their their pitching talent, uh, especially, but but really just overall. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that's uh, Cleveland's mo. You know, you you draft well, you develop well, you get your own guys to the big leagues, and when they uh, you know when they become free agents, when they you know they they kind of spend their you know five or six years in Cleveland. You know, you can't extend them, you know, bang, they're out there, you know, they're out there as, as free agents or, you, or they trade them, you know, a year, a year before free agency, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, you, the, the, it's all right to do that. It's all right to be a feeder system for the rest of the big leagues, as long as you have more players coming behind the, the guys you lose. And, you know, that's a difficult, uh, a difficult, uh, you know, trick to pull off and, uh, you know, anybody who's been an, uh, a Cleveland fan for uh, more than this, like t- the last 20 years, knows that uh, it always it you, uh, the the Guardians are in a special place right now. They they're in a place where you know they have talent stockpiled, but you know it it wasn't always that that wasn't always the case. Right. Yeah. That's the uh, the old uh, you know the the conundrum is is it's when it's time to win now. Uh, you, you sort of have to part with some of that top talent, uh, that young emerging talent sometimes. Uh, and, and we've seen it in the past and, and we'll probably see it in the future. Uh, but you got to just trust that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff 
really have their finger on the pulse and 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 their finger on the button and know when to when to pull the trigger on it uh, and, and when is the right time. Uh, so, you know, that's that's where we are in terms of heading into uh, the weekend's events and, and, you know, excited about the future with, uh, you know, who's coming, excited about who's here and, and the fans being able to, uh, to to get up with them. What do we what do we think about expectations and, and what kind of pressure uh, last season and the success that the Guardians had? Uh, how is that going to to sort of affect this team moving forward? Uh, you know, once they arrive at spring training, you know, did they walk in like the uh, uh, like the the movie stars and the the rock stars, knowing that they they have a division championship under their belt, or is it you know get back to work and start from ground zero again? Yeah, I think they better you know take the latter uh, approach, Joe. Uh, you know, because uh, right now they have instead of being the uh, the hunter, they've become the hunted, you know, and uh, expectations can do strange things to ball clubs. You know, uh, last season, really, uh, you know, no one saw this this Cleveland team doing what what it did, except, you know, the guys in the locker room. And, uh, you know, they came out of nowhere. So they're not going to surprise too many people this year. You know, the old saying that, you know, you you kind of you, you kind of jumped up on people. You surprised people last year. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And it's a little different. You know, we're, we're uh, you know, guys like we got, they've Cleveland got so many, you know, great performances out of young guys like Quan and 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 you know Josh Naylor and and you know Gonzalez and just uh, you know even you know Rosario uh, you know and and the pitching staff especially in the bullpen you know they, they all they all really gelled and 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 really did a nice job but can they do it again you know that's that's the base the uh, that's what makes you know separates teams in baseball because you know if <laughs> you play a, an endless season and then you play another endless season so you've gotta you've got to really produce and you you know you can't take too much for granted yeah I don't want to play you know downer or, or wet blanket or anything like that but you've got a young club and young guys and the hallmark of uh, of, of young players is in inconsistency and they, they I'm not saying that guys like Quan or Gonzalez uh you know outperformed or overperformed what they what they really are as ball players but I think you'd be kind of silly not to expect some sort of regression uh at some point this season uh for for both if not all of them just because it's hard to be consistent at the big league level now you know, two or three years from now, maybe both of those guys settle in and, and you know, show that they are, uh, you know, a, a gold glove left fielder and a, and a clutch hitting, you know, right fielder. But I it's it, it's silly to expect that to, to right from the jump at the beginning of the year next year or at the beginning of 2023 to expect them to just pick up and, and continue where they were. Uh, the the league knows them now. They're 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 going to get pitched differently. They're they're going to get pitched like they're special uh, ball players like they were last year. So, I think it's it, it just temper your expectations with this club uh, without being without losing confidence because I don't think uh, you know Tito will ever let them lose their confidence. Yeah, I think I still think they're the team to beat in the division. I, you know, just based on last year, based on what the White Sox and Twins are are still trying to recover from. You know, they both had a bunch of injuries, and the one thing with with Cleveland last season, 
as we were talking about earlier, Joe, I mean, they were so fortunate uh, health-wise. I mean, they really, you know, they, they really didn't have too many, you know, crippling injuries and, and uh, you know, that really kind of tested their depth or took starters, you know, out of the, out of the lineup for, for an extended period of time. And they really took advantage of that. And, you know, the Twins and the White Sox really struggled to stay, to keep their best players on the field. Yeah, you go back to that final month of the season and the the Twins were a uh, shell of what they could have been on paper in terms of uh, their injured players. And I think uh, the White Sox with having uh, having fired Tony La Russa and uh, just the, the controversy and, and, and all the, the emotions over there in their clubhouse and the fact that just like, you know, it's at several points during the season, Josh Naylor had just taken away their soul. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, it... it, it um, it, it wasn't easier for the the Guardians to do what they did, but I, you know, if both of those teams are at full strength, it might have been a little more difficult than it was. Yeah, and the, the one thing you you always like about a Cleveland team is is their pitching, Joe, and and you've you've got to like the you know the front end of the rotation with with Bieber and and McKenzie and Quantrill. Those guys, you know, I think you you they've stood the you know you know. You you get they they're they're reliable at least when they're healthy you know you know what you're going to get out of those guys I probably you know you could maybe McKenzie is kind of the outlier there uh, you know he, he's we, but you know he's sure you know he's had stretches the last two seasons where he's he's looked like a dominant big league pitcher and if you get you know uh, Plesac and 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 Savali back you know that rotation is going to be solid you know you you expect one of the at least Savali or Plesac one of the two to have a bounce back year and like we were talking before they've got a lot of depth i mean they, they've got some guys they can run up there and if if somebody falters they can plug a hole in the rotation and that's going to keep you in in most games all right well i'm excited uh can't wait to to see the guys this weekend can't wait to get to guards fest and, and interact with some of these fans and and talk to them uh hey if you're listening to the podcast and you're going to be out at uh guards fest uh send us uh uh, a DM, uh, and get in touch with us. Uh, you can, uh, if you're a subtext subscriber, subtext uh, me and Hoinsey and and we'll be there. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can meet up and, and listen to your stories as well as uh, as Guardians fans. You can subscribe to subtext uh, uh, by uh, sending a text to 216-298-4346 or by going on cleveland.com slash subtext uh, and, and signing up there. Uh, it's a great way to to get uh, inside information and 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 uh, scoops ahead of time uh, from Hoinsey and myself. Paul, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week uh, after this whole uh, after this whole event takes place, and we'll uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. Yeah, it'll be fun, Joe. All right, we'll talk to you then. <laughs>